Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SCADcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matt Nickley. As many of you know, we were off last week for the 25th SCAD Savannah Film Festival, and it was awesome. If you participated at all in the festival, I hope you had as much fun as I had. And throughout the next part of this season, we'll be sharing some of the interviews we recorded from that week. But today, we have special guest artist and luminary creative Ruben Toledo. For over three decades, illustrator Ruben and fashion designer Isabel Toledo were a perfect symbiotic pair in visual art. Since her untimely death in 2019, Ruben has continued to grow Isabel's extraordinary legacy. They were high school sweethearts, for goodness sake, and were a constant muse for one another. Scad and the Toledos have shared a long relationship. The pair received the Andre Leon Talley Lifetime Achievement Award in 2009. In 2012, they co-chaired a SCAD scholarship dinner. Some of their designs are honored pieces in the SCAD permanent collection. And in the summer of 2022, the SCAD Fash Lacoste Museum hosted Isabel Toledo's first posthumous exhibition, Isabel Toledo, A Love Letter, featuring some of Isabel's most iconic designs and artwork from Ruben. Over the course of its opening, Ruben Toledo joined the students of SCAD Lacoste for unforgettable masterclasses in unlocking personal expression in design. While in Lacoste, Paula Wallace caught up with her longtime friend Ruben to remember Isabel's legacy, how Ruben continues to create, and just what made the Toledos an unparalleled duo. From SCADcast, this is On Creativity. A conversation between Paula Wallace and Ruben Toledo. Ruben, here we are together in beautiful France at our SCAD campus in historic Lacoste. And I'm so happy to be here together to celebrate the opening of SCAD Fash. Lacoste and the exhibit in honor of Isabel. You and Isabel have been such wonderful friends of SCAD through the years and it's meaningful to us to honor her with this exhibit. Thank you for that. Yeah, you know, we, we feel that you're family to us too. Oh, the whole SCAD team is family and the student body is family. Uh, we've actually kept in touch with quite a few of them that we met back in 2009 and um, having been introduced to SCAD with Andre Leon Talley was incredible who's a old, old friend of ours, too, that went back to the 80s. So it was really like a beautiful family connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You meticulously worked with our curators to ensure the exhibit was perfect, a true love letter to your beloved wife. And I'm sure you're flooded with emotion. Um, can you share how you're feeling? Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's magnificent to celebrate her talent and, and her way of seeing the world and her essence, which mm -hmm. was so rare, mm -hmm. fits so well into Lacoste. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's so, you know, on a personal level, first of all, it's gratifying to see the world honor Isabel and see yeah. the world be introduced to her talent. But at the same time, of course, the greedy side of me, the personal side of me misses her and wants more of her mm -hmm. here on earth, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I know my wife was a very, a very giving person and a very sharing person. She would not like me to have to shut down after she left. Mm -hmm. So she wants me to be 
more available and to be more giving and to be more sharing than ever before. So um, if not, if we, if I'm lucky enough to meet her in heaven again, she would be not letting me in if I didn't do my job. So I feel like like uh, being a part of SCAD and, and talking to the students and sharing her way of design and um, her way of pattern making and her way of draping and just the very poetic essence she had, that's a joy for me to share that with your students. And hopefully I plant more Isabel seeds into the Lacoste student body. It's very aspirational for the students and just very inspirational. And I think on this uh, international platform, um, it's very appropriate because Isabel's appeal, she was classical and she was avant-garde, I would say. I mean, I that's don't know if truth. you would describe yeah. it that way, but that's the way I see her. Beautiful. And so I think that this international stage is kind of perfect for her because people will come through this little village, right. thousands and thousands of people, and they're from all over the world. Right. So uh, they will see and appreciate her. I've noticed that already, just mm -hmm. being here these few days, the, mm -hmm. the people who walk up and down the hills, you're, you're, the, the visitors, the guests to this town are from everywhere. Yes. Some are American and yeah. some are from other parts of Germany and Switzerland, and, and we had a Russian couple. Yeah. It's pretty phenomenal who yes. comes through here. So I love that um, maybe a whole new audience would be introduced to Isabel. You know, Isabel was rare. She was a fashion connoisseur's delight, right? But to, yes. to and then when the Michelle Obama incredible mm -hmm. inauguration moment happened, people heard her name for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, it was gratifying for us and amazing to know that there was 35 years of work already under our belt when that moment happened. <laughs> yeah, you weren't so an you, overnight so success. you have enough to, to talk about and you have enough to share, you know? Yes. But it's, it's beautiful that people connect to that moment from wherever they were, because that's history more than it is fashion. Mm -hmm. And then they discover her talent and her fashion talent and her mm -hmm. art talent and her engineering and all that, which mm -hmm. is great. It's a great pleasure to share that. Do you have a duplicate of that ensemble? We do, because I was part of the collection and um, we have a studio version of it. And of course, we had the uh, we had Michelle's measurements. So Isabel made a, a muslin of her shape that, mm -hmm. that would get zipped onto the other form. So. Mm -hmm. So in order to construct other things, but yeah, it's we have, uh, but the fabric we have no for no more at all. We had to have some duplicated lately in, mm -hmm. in Switzerland mm -hmm. by the same weavers who who um, made it. So that's that was a pleasure. Oh wow, this is a complicated world yeah, we're living in. <laughs> it totally is. It totally is. Mm -hmm. And and the the idea that that fabric was no longer available really appealed to us first of all because it yeah. could never be duplicated. So it was hard to to get the weavers to remake it and to find the same, the, that same incredible color, specific yeah. color. Yeah. And it is a felted wool lace, which is very uh, complicated kind of glimmered, to make. kind of didn't it? Yeah. Well, the fact that the lace, um, it's wool lace, but there is uh, uh, some synthetic material in it and also silk for elasticity. Mm -hmm. It's quite complicated. And, the, and mm -hmm. the fact that it's wool, it's layered. So there's a lot of layering within the lace itself in mm -hmm. order for it to be re-embroidered. Mm -hmm. So it's a complicated thing, but it's, mm -hmm. um, and there, there is a little bit of a, of a shimmer in, in the synthetic uh, uh, fibers, which make makes it last longer. Mm, okay, yeah. I had that impression just from remembering it that it just, she seemed to glow that day. And I didn't know if it was Oh well, Action. that's in, that's because of all the other secret layering Isabel put in behind it. There's there's some pashmina thread. There's mm -hmm. um, silk tool. There's um, cotton netting. So there's a quite a bit of layering. After what you see through the lace, 
is all these other, that's what creates that shimmer. That it almost shimmer. creates a moire effect because mm -hmm. of all, how the fibers are reacting against oh. each other. And she mm -hmm. wanted a Michelle to be luminous yes. and to really have this glow coming out of she her body. She achieved that for sure. I think she did, yeah. yeah. That's a woman's sensitivity. Absolutely. <laughs> We've included 17 of Isabel's garments in the exhibit. How did you decide which to include? Together with your curators, which <laughs> have an incredible eye, um, it was about, Isabel thinks of her clothing and her designs like letters in an alphabet. So um, many times she feels a letter she's discovered is really important, and that means she'll go back to that letter again and again and dissect it, whether it's the cut of a sleeve or a certain technique, but they become important letters for her. Oh. And why she thinks of them as an oh, alphabet. That's so interesting. Yeah, <laughs> she thinks of them as a design mm -hmm. alphabet because she likes to then rearrange those letters to create new words and new mm -hmm. sentences, and she keeps adding to them. Mm -hmm. So not all her designs she considered um, new, new letters that belonged in the alphabet. She knew when something was significant, and mm -hmm. that would become one of those. So we chose from amongst the letters that she did design, <laughs> we chose some of the important moments for each. So well, that, so hard to it's, It to was choose. hard. Yeah. Well, it's 35 years of fashion work, so you can imagine yes. how large the archives are and how large the collections are and, and how much I feel all of them are important. Mm -hmm. But I know also since I was there from the beginning and help mm -hmm. her help her to develop each thought and the thought waves and the thought patterns that belong to each uh, dress, I mm -hmm. know which ones were her, her mm -hmm. icons. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So did she have favorites? She sure did, but amongst <laughs> the alphabet. I mean, you can <laughs> yeah. imagine she was free-ranging mm -hmm. amongst mm -hmm. that alphabet. Mm -hmm. She sure did. I like Rock Wave. What's the reason for that name of the that beautiful kind of aubergine? Sometimes the names were poetic gestures, <laughs> and other times they really were kind of the way she thought of them, because the Rock Wave is... For her, it looked the formation of a solid rock. Mm. But the fact that it's made of taffeta, the, the, dress, the dress barely weighs anything. <laughs> yeah. It's so light. Um, she liked that idea that it mm. takes up all this volume and it looks so Impressive. commanding. Yes. yes. <laughs> but at the same time, it's ethereal and it's light. It but uh, like I said, she was very good at dressing emotion. She said, sometimes you want to feel solid and you want to... You want mm -hmm. people to part for you, <laughs> and other times you want to like squeeze it into a little shape. Mm -hmm. So she loved that that kind of um, the use of clothes in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, she said very poetic. Throughout your careers, you and Isabel worked um, independently and in partnership. Sometimes creating designs together. Will you take me through that process? Like, how did the two of you work? Yeah, remember we met at thirteen. Yes. So, so the the collaboration started so early on. And the beauty of it was that there were no clear borders. We both understood what we were good at. Isabel's an incredible technician with fiber and cloth and all that. And she loved the fact that I was a free-range, thinking, chaotic, <laughs> creative mess. So she, we both allowed ourselves to, to dwell in those spaces. But oftentimes, we changed uh, roles and personalities. But the way one does in dancing, mm -hmm. right? You don't step mm -hmm. on each other's toes, but you sense where you're mm -hmm. going and you create mm -hmm. a beautiful form together. And of course, so many years working together, we trust each other. But um, when anyone hired Isabel, like Anne Klein or Target or a Payless or a, uh, anyone, mm -hmm. they got me for free. And whenever <laughs> anyone hired me, what a to bonus! Do, well, it is. But they <laughs> yeah. allowed. It's a, It's a, It's an amazing thing that corporations like. And, and from my end, I, whenever I worked with Louis Vuitton or even an art gallery, they knew Isabel's opinion was going to count. Just uh, if not more than mine, <laughs> it would count very solidly because mm -hmm. she knew my, my aesthetic very well. Mm -hmm. So that's such a freedom. Yes. I always uh, I became the person who was in charge of selling her collection, talking to the press, and really dealing in fashion for her. 
and she became the person who dealt with my art dealers and collectors, and she sold the art because she spoke the art language. How interesting. It was. It is interesting because mm -hmm. it's, uh, and I, I shared that with your students because mm -hmm. sometimes one isn't good at something. How should I put it? Not that you're that good at it. As an artist, I'm really fragile, yet I'm very strong to sell her clothes because I believe in them a thousand percent, and she mm -hmm. felt the same with my art. I don't mm -hmm. want to be hurt if someone doesn't get my work. <laughs> and likewise for her, she didn't want to be hurt if somebody, a buyer was like, oh, mm -hmm. that dress is awful, mm -hmm. or it doesn't work. You know, she would instinctively become, she was such a warrior, she'd become a fighter, and, and I would be like, is just really relaxed. So if I dealt with press and buyers, mm -hmm. it didn't become that, right? They knew how to, I knew how to talk that language and, and make them understand. So I think it's a, it was a comfortable role playing and switching thing that one does unconsciously. Yeah, knowing the work and the person intimately, but also having, being, uh, having that voice that is kind of a separate voice too. Absolutely, and I think all artists are fragile somewhere yeah, in there. And um, at the same time, you have to deal with the world and you have to pay the rent and you have to you know, carry on. And mm -hmm. the world is counting for you on that, right? It's yeah. great to have beautiful ideas and beautiful uh, work, but if you can't share it with the world, that's, that's a, that there's a missing link there, you know? I think creativity isn't really complete until it's shared. Absolutely true, and, the, we all, and his, all, both Isabel and I agree with that strongly because until the audience takes in what you've made and is, is swimming in it, in that mm -hmm. idea, and, and for the artist, that's the most fulfilling thing. Mm -hmm. Until that step happens, it's not complete. Absolutely mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the inauguration outfit, which I already started talking about a little bit for Michelle Obama. What goes into creating a look for someone on one of the most important days of her life? Who contacted you? Just tell us like the whole story. Well, luckily, <laughs> um, uh, Michelle had been wearing Isabel's clothes from way yes. before, and um, which we didn't know, but that's a good thing to know that you <laughs> yeah. already have a client. Yeah. So we got a call from a store in Chicago called Ikram. Yes. And um, Ikram's a very good old friend of ours. Um, she was. We met her when she was a saleswoman for Joan Weinstein, who owned Ultimo. Oh. And Joan was a good friend of ours too. Mm -hmm. Incredible fashion retailer, and just just they're beyond retailers. People like that, and mm -hmm. like Ikram, there. Yeah kind of like uh, art, art collectors and mm -hmm. connoisseurs within their own right. It just mm -hmm. happens to be that it's fashion that they're mm -hmm. selling. Mm -hmm. But um, so yeah, so Ikram let us know that Michelle was a client of Isabel's and she was starting to look for a wardrobe because her husband Barack was starting to campaign for presidency. <laughs> so that was the first we ever heard of it. And that was such a incredible pride just yes. to know that Michelle Obama <laughs> loved Isabel's clothes mm -hmm. and was a client. So, uh, and Isabel was asked to propose a series of things that she might wear on the campaign trail. And that's really how it started. So it was quite innocent, and the pressure wasn't on because we didn't know it was for that, right? So we didn't know it was exactly for the inauguration, which is a great relief. Mm -hmm. But she had been asked to propose things, and um, Isabel just hadn't gotten the right... She, she was very honest and, and soulful creator, so until she would never guess. She wanted to be sure, right? Mm -hmm. So she's oh, almost yeah. asking for divine intervention. Yeah that that's the right answer and yeah. um, that was very her way she wasn't she wasn't good at uh, meandering she would when she threw a dart it was right into the bullseye <laughs> so she was she waited for that moment and that textile is what told her that's the right thing and from there everything grew Mm -hmm. the so the symbolism, and, yeah, the symbolism of that and then... Yeah, the, the color and the texture was so important for her for that day because mm -hmm. she didn't want something flat, she didn't want something slick, no. she didn't want something shiny. Mm -hmm. She wanted to capture Michelle's personality, mm -hmm. which has depth and it has content and you mm -hmm. can enter it and, mm -hmm. and live in it forever. So she wanted that garment to feel that way. Did you um, get to do any fittings or did, you know... what? We had measurements and um, never worked with her directly, which is a great 
um, pressure off <laughs> in a way because Isabel uh, also liked, she likes to give women that empowerment that they decide what they want to wear, when they want to wear, and how they want to mm -hmm. wear it. She's not mm -hmm. a dictator that way. She loved when people transformed her clothing, like you said, the, yeah. the final act of design is someone wearing it. And mm -hmm. she loved that surprise of how they were going to style it, how they were going to mm -hmm. wear it. Would they, would they cinch it in or would they let it out? Would they mm -hmm. want to wear it a little looser or would they want it strict and tight? Mm -hmm. So she liked that surprise. Her job mm -hmm. was to come up with a perfect design. Mm -hmm. And the woman's job is to make it theirs. Wear it. <laughs> yeah, and make it theirs. You make know, she theirs, loved yeah. that. She lo mm -hmm. That's what she loved about American clothing. That's what she considers herself an American designer. She values very much the idea that jeans bend at the knee the way you bend mm -hmm. and a, a garment like jeans or t-shirts becomes yours it feels like yours she mm -hmm. loved that about clothes mm -hmm. wow um so you first knew that uh michelle chose uh isabel's garment when you saw it on television or how did you how did you first that was, find out that was absolutely true because um we had a hint that she might wear something of isabel's that day mm -hmm. but um uh, we were we, we were thrown off because one of the garments she had proposed, which was a beautiful black and white um, silk, um, silk crepe dress that she later ended up wearing to meet the Queen of England. Oh. <laughs> we, had, uh, we have been told she might wear that beautiful black and white, Isabel called it the tuxedo dress. She might wear the black mm -hmm. and white tuxedo dress mm -hmm. to, for one of the events of the inauguration day because there were several events planned. Yes. So we were thrown off, but we were asked to put, uh, send in a bio of Isabel and myself so that people would know in case she did wear something like mm -hmm. that. And uh, when the day started, people started to call me immediately first thing in the morning. Is she wearing Isabel Toledo? And since I was told it was a black and white outfit, mm -hmm. and I, the first person I spoke to, I think, was someone from the New York Times or maybe um, a, a, a newspaper in, in England. But they asked, and I said, mm -hmm. well, could you describe it? Because I haven't seen it. And they said, well, it's kind of golden, yellow, mustardy green. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not black that's and white. That's not, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, that's not ours. So I, I, I said it wasn't ours, not having seen it. Oh. And I completely forgot about it because I was so fixed on the fact that she would be wearing this uh, black and white tuxedo one. dress. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I was disappointed, but, mm -hmm. but I had it. So I was declining. <laughs> and then I get, get, get to my email, and there's about 100 emails saying, please, confirmed that's an Isabel Toledo she's wearing like women's or daily and Vogue uh -huh. and um and I still couldn't confirm and I kept running my studio has no tv except for the top floor so I kept running up four floors of flights to to where the television was to see if I would see it every time I would get to CNN there was a commercial oh. or or the camera was fixed and she was inside the the church and yeah. it was like finally I saw it and it took a while for me to grasp the wow. reality it's like my god she's wearing isabel it was like first thing in the morning oh. choking up just thinking yeah about it. oh so but, amazing and, and our team too was so excited everybody so excited. ran upstairs sorry i get emotional yeah. just yeah, thinking about so that day everybody isabel well this was, doesn't it, happen it doesn't happen every day you're right but um, I, I ran i told our staff michelle obama's on television wearing isabel so everyone who had worked on this mm -hmm. all our staff we have a mm -hmm. small studio mm -hmm of 15 people working mm -hmm. for us, including my dad, who was our cutter mm -hmm. um, and our tailor. So everyone just ran upstairs to watch the moment. On, and I was busy back downstairs on the computer now confirming that, yes, it was Isabel Toledo. And as, of course, I have the radio on and 
on NPR, I hear the, the announcer saying she's wearing a design by a Cuban-American designer called <laughs> Isabel Toledo. That was just like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. But the whole day was a wave of, of this kind of enthusiasm. Even the, the man who delivers our fabric from the UPS like wandered in with another roll of fabric and was like, is that it? And he, was just, he just stayed there also 20 minutes just watching this, but it carried on all day. And then, of course, the press started to come in. Um, and our, our um, super downstairs, Caesar, um, uh, uh, called me and said, you know, I have about 25 people here who need to come up and see. And our elevator is a teeny weeny thing. So uh, he said, what do you want me to do? I said, I don't know. And he said, you know what, I'm going to give out a number. So he just gave out numbers and it didn't matter who showed up when. He just gave everyone a number as they came in like he would at the butcher store. And everyone was so patient. But that was the day from then until after midnight just to handle all the press that came in. It was spilling out into the, the police stopped by to see if there had been a murder or something oh or, or an accident because there was a, a band of people out onto Broadway. This is Broadway and 28th Street, Tin Pen Alley. Can you imagine? Yes, so, so it had spilled out into the whole neighborhood. and uh, So uh, the whole neighborhood knew what was going on upstairs at the Toledo. So it was quite an event. Oh, Manhattan was celebrating. Amazing. It was insane. It was like people we didn't know were wandering and saying, is it true that your wife... It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Wow. That, I, I would love to be just a fly on the wall in that, that situation. A, that was a magnificent mm -hmm. day. Luckily, you know, you know we, we were in that studio for ages. Yes. We didn't live there. Mm -hmm. We had lived there for ages. But uh, after 15 years or so, mm -hmm. but we had uh, moved out and lived. We lived on 38th and 5th. We bought an apartment finally with a proper doorman and all that. Mm -hmm. So luckily, we were able to escape through the back door like at one point and just go home. And there was nobody there, no paparazzi. Yeah. I think. I was, uh -huh. And that was always on my mind. We, have, yeah. we can't live in a place like that. It's just mm -hmm. too public. Yeah. Yeah. And Isabel mm -hmm. had had a, a, a serious stalking incident. So I was freaked out about living in a building where no one else lived, you know. Yeah. So that's why we mm -hmm. bought a place with a proper doorman and all mm -hmm. that. And I'm lucky we did. But yeah, that was yeah. quite a day. It yeah. was sensational. Quite, quite a day. And you know, yeah. I still meet uh, young journalists and and friends from either uh, Good Morning America or CNN that were working there at the time mm -hmm. and said, you know, I went to your place that day because I was a film, oh, I was really? a camera guy or I was a sound <laughs> uh -huh. person. And that's really incredible to share that moment in history with all these different people. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Wow. And that is one garment. I mean, I don't remember garments that other first ladies wore, but I remember that one. Yeah. And I think everybody does. Yeah, I think. It was very special. I think, very yeah, special. I think the I know how much energy and content, emotional content is about put into making that garment and mm -hmm. every little stitch and all mm -hmm. those layers. Mm -hmm. And I know Michelle felt the same thing and then wore it that way. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. represented and we all felt mm -hmm. the enthusiasm and the optimism that America promises life to be. Oh, you know, it's that. aspirational mm -hmm. and, and every I can fashion, it's all an ideal, but it's mm -hmm. wonderful to have this ideal, something to reach for that maybe mm -hmm. we don't quite grasp, but we, we certainly, it's worth get, trying to get there. It is. And they represented that moment and Michelle represented that moment for us and, and the garment she was wearing, which is Isabel. Mm -hmm. So Isabel thought, I felt like I was with Michelle and Barack up there <laughs> having that moment and this transition. It was a, it's a superstar moment. Yeah, it was. You and Isabel remained independent, which in fashion can have both drawbacks and some perks, but is undeniably difficult. <laughs> Were Payless and your Pret-a-Porter lines paying the bills, or did your fashion illustrations help keep the studio afloat? Or how do you do it as an? In I think our students would like to know. Yes. How do you do it as and an in independent? And I share that with them. You know what? We're very practical. The fact that we were, um, first of all, going back to the inauguration, the mm -hmm. fact that uh, two Cuban 
immigrants to refugees yes. came over from Cuba yes. and without any support or any any backing of any type. No, your whole story is a miracle. I have to say yeah, it, is, it is, and we lived a miracle. That's yeah. why I like to mm -hmm. share with the yeah. students that mm -hmm. anything is possible as long as you love something and your whole heart is in it, you know? Mm -hmm. You have to be, it's 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 all or nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way we yeah. looked at life, it's all mm -hmm. or nothing. You have to love something, and if you don't love it, don't, don't waste your time on it. Life mm -hmm. is too short. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we were able to achieve that moment and dress the first lady of the yes. United States, where can that happen, Where can you know? that happen? But, but <laughs> we were very practical. What, the minute we started doing fashion is because both me and my commercial work and her in clothing, first of all, we knew we were good at something and we knew we had a, we had something special. We could mm -hmm. both tell. Mm -hmm. I knew that about her work. She knew that about our, our, my work. That's mm -hmm. why we did uh, champion each other's work. Mm -hmm. But we're very practical. If we spent a dollar, we had to make two dollars. It was never for the sake of art. We couldn't mm -hmm. afford to be artists. We had mm -hmm. to be of service. Mm -hmm. And Isabel always thought clothing is of service. You have yeah. to... The poetic side of you and the art side of you can have a vision, but the, but the, the, where where you why you are needed is to yes you have to be a poet and a and a, and a dream maker, but mm -hmm. you also have to be the practical person who makes clothing that women want to pay for and wear, and it makes her their life richer, even if they mm -hmm. don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. She believes strongly in that. Mm -hmm. So when our first collections were just cotton denim and jeans and t-shirting mm -hmm. and. Just things you could buy for very little money, mm -hmm. uh, fabric-wise, mm -hmm. but the patterns and the thought behind them was sensational. Mm -hmm. And so all of our early work was uh, quite affordable. And yes, we were able to pay our rent, and and we had no staff. And we had to Isabel did have to sit on the machine and make absolutely everything. And I was the guy carrying the fabric back to the apartment <laughs> and cutting on the floor. And so it was all a do-it-yourself. But there's no other way. You have to teach yourself how to yeah. do something and mm -hmm. then to be able to hire someone to do that because mm -hmm. you know what it takes, you know, every single step of the way. Mm -hmm. So that was, um, that was a big learning lesson for us. And we try to share that with the students. Even if you can't afford to have someone do it for you because there are pattern makers and seamstresses who will always be better than you. Mm -hmm. That's a great thing, but it's good to know the process of why mm -hmm. they're good and yeah. why they're worth that kind of money. And you then if you're directing it. them, then you know what you're looking for. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it was a it was a steady growth. In the beginning, all our collections were very inexpensive until we could afford better fabrics. And then of course, by the end, we're working with some of the world's best textiles that are two and three and four hundred dollars a yard. Mm -hmm. So you have to know what you're doing with it. Oh yeah. And they're yeah. worth it for a reason. <laughs> yes. You understand the you know, you understand the, the, the worth of what you're touching, and so does the client. Mm -hmm. So that, that was a, an incredible thing. I mean, again, our, our um, collection was hanging next to Prada and Yves Saint Laurent mm -hmm. and Louis Vuitton yeah, and Givenchy, mm -hmm. Jean Muir, just the mm -hmm. best names in fashion mm -hmm. and the best quality and the best, the best content you can possibly put out. So mm -hmm. we, it's amazing to think that a, a small designer, a, a small design house like ours, could compete in that level, it is. and even sell a Colette in Paris and, and mm. uh, mm -hmm. Liberties in, in London and mm -hmm. just all over the world. That's mm -hmm. a pretty amazing thing. Amazing. It is amazing. Conventional wisdom dictates that right brain and left brain people are completely different and should pursue different careers because one's more emotional and the other more analytical. But actually, you see so much math and science in the highest forms of artistic expression. Isabel's perfect example, her innate facility with geometry, fed her success as a fashion designer. Yes, that's a, such a solid way to look at it. And mm -hmm. she again, believed that her clothing had to be as solid as architecture. The beams had to be strong. The engineering had to be right to support mm -hmm. that structure. Mm -hmm. But then again, she was blessed with this incredible poetic 
yeah. sensitivity to make that look like an ethereal wind blew it on your body. But underneath <laughs> that was this incredible architectural knowledge and engineering. So um, you can say left and right brain all you want, but we're, we were all we're about all mixing and stepping yeah. into the left and the right side mm -hmm. as often as possible. Mm -hmm. I think that makes been, you stronger. I think that's been disproved. I think you can have both and, uh, and you're not relegated to one or the other. But I think sometimes with um, high school students, they're thinking, oh, I'm good in math or science. I can't draw. And they don't open themselves up to a possibility in art or design. So I think this is very heartening and encouraging uh, because of her precision and her artistry. Absolutely true. And yes, it's true. I, I spoke to some of your students mm -hmm. and sometimes they are very timid about their drawing and they actually say, I really can't draw. And I was like, no, you're wrong. Drawing is just making symbols and it's like writing. If you can write a letter, you can write a word or a sentence, you can draw. You can draw. Just free yourself from that. Ooh, I Who's, love that who thought. Who says it has to be, you know, life drawing. I'm terrible at life drawing because I drift off into my own life. <laughs> so, I'm to, so I'm trying to pay attention, but it's a good discipline to try and have. Mm -hmm. So I like drawing portraits. But mm -hmm. at the same time, if you're... if fantasy enters that moment, let it be. That's part of it. And if and if you want to make it very rigid and very straight, let that be too. Let that Do you be. know what I mean? Don't, mm -hmm. don't feel it has to look like anything. It has to look like your feeling. That's what it is. It has to look like your feeling. Love that. What were the complications and what did you have to learn when designing footwear? So another form of three-dimensional design. We love this kind of discipline where, where, again, you're of service. So the foot has to be comfortable. There are certain <laughs> parts of the foot that can't be touched or else it feels like you know, you're going to faint. <laughs> so we love the idea of comfort, but we also love the idea of transforming a human foot into a shape. That's why we, Isabel loves sneakers, believe it or not, because mm -hmm. she loved the shapes mm -hmm. and she loved how freeform it was, yet it was all about utility and anatomy, the anatomy of the foot and making it comfortable. Mm -hmm. But the idea also of playing with shape because it could, mm -hmm. your foot could carry a shape that is not a foot at all. Yeah. So she loved that idea and she yeah. loved the idea of, of the quilting and the padding that it takes to create this little couture piece. She loved footwear. Mm-hmm. What are the differences in your approach to pret-a-porter, couture, and costume creation? So you did it all. Costumes exactly for, right. you know, I know Andre waxed eloquently about uh, After Midnight yes. that he said he saw many times. I love that. But all of these are, they're all quite different. Different disciplines. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, it all stems from pattern making and draping and, and tailoring. You have mm -hmm. to know those basics, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, the way Isabel always thought about design, the fact that it is engineering and architecture, mm -hmm. a great design could be interpreted for mass market and made in a very inexpensive fabric and stamped out like she loved industry. Mm. She loved a perfectly thought out pattern can be stamped out like a donut and just reproduced <laughs> a million times and mm -hmm. everyone can have this beautiful thing in their life inexpensively mm -hmm. and worn their own way. But at the same time then, that same design can be interpreted in couture in a different, in a most exquisite fabric and in, in the most poetic way you can think of. And she even picked her seamstresses according to the emotion. Some women were good at flow, some women were good at, at shaping and molding, some women were good at making rigid armor. And she knew who to give. She, could, she said always to me, I could give the same, cut the same dress 10 times, give it to 10 different seamstresses, and we would get 10 different dresses, Amazing. which is true. And each one had their emotion embedded into them. And that's what couture is really is the true definition of couture is a dress made by an artist. Mm. It starts out with the artist who dreams the dress, right? The, mm -hmm. the designer, mm -hmm. let's say. But then the artist or the artisan who sits down and sews it is also part of that creation. Mm -hmm. And a good couturier understands all the passages. Same with who cut it. 
-hmm. And same with the way a baker knows what kind of that the weather is going to affect the bread he's going to make. Mm -hmm. Exactly the same way, it's mm -hmm. going to affect this garment. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the beauty of couture, and and the women who love couture understand that process, and they mm -hmm. know it. We had some clients who would want their dress sewn by that lady, you oh, know, which okay. is kind of interesting. That yeah, is. Mm -hmm. and that's a real connoisseur, and that's a. Any designer who has is gifted enough to have those kind of clients is really in heaven. Yeah, like yeah. some of the women who came to your show yesterday. Yes, they've been oh. wearing Isabel for years. So elegant. Yes, I mean. <laughs> incredibly flawlessly so. and effortlessly elegant. That's the beauty of it. So elegant. Yes, flawlessly and effortlessly. I love that. And what about the costumes? And costumes is a whole other range. First mm -hmm. of all, you are dealing with the physical labor of clothes, right? Mm -hmm. If you have to kick and do a somersault and on high heels and mm -hmm. stand up looking beautiful, mm -hmm. that garment has to hold up to that again and again and again, again. sometimes two shows a day. Yes. So the wear and tear on those costumes is unlike because when we wear something beautiful, if you, you could wear it every day, but you're not going to do a somersault and a split, <laughs> and a, right? You're not going to mm -hmm. sweat in it that mm -hmm. much, but these costumes have to stand up to that, right? Mm -hmm. And also, they have to answer an emotional need in the actor or the mm -hmm. performer, because mm -hmm. if they put this on and they're not transformed and they don't feel confident, you know, you haven't done your job. They're so trying, they're part of telling the story. You, you have to let them bloom and blossom in the garment, mm -hmm. plus the garment has to do that performance mm -hmm. again and again and hold up, so that's a whole other talent. Mm -hmm. And also, theater or, or dance is so collaborative, because you're dealing with the director, a temperamental actor or actress, the lighting person who's going to say that color is going to look awful under these lights that we're using because the set is this way. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, that was another joy, being able to create sets and Isabel costumes for the same thing was really a joy. Oh, so you created the sets yes, too? Yes, sometimes oh. I did sets and sometimes she did costumes, sometimes oh. we did it in the same okay. thing. And that's the beauty of it because um, that's when it was flawless because, yeah. of course, oh. We each had control over both of those areas. We weren't mm -hmm. going to fight each other. But let's say Isabel was just doing costumes. Then, yes, the lighting or the set person is going to have their opinion. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can't have that white dress in front of this set because it's very mm -hmm. pale and I was going to mm -hmm. light it with red. Mm -hmm. How does red react with the color that you're making? Mm -hmm. So it's such a collaborative art form that it opens your mind to you have to free your ego. Because yeah. you have to, you know, you have to support your idea, but at the same time, you have to bend to the weather of the major piece. So amazing. It so is. complex. Complex, mm -hmm. and, and but it makes you hard and makes you strong because, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a good reason to fight mm -hmm. for why it should be a white dress, mm -hmm. then yeah. the others will understand. They will understand, yeah. Our mutual friend, Andre Leontali, introduced us many years ago. And... Here's what he had to say about uh, you and Isabel when he presented you with award, an award. They are two of the most glamorous people I can say are friends. I want to be like them when I grow up. <laughs> Ruben is impeccable, not only in his clothes, but his authority, his confidence, cool. his humor, and his deeply rooted sense of good. It's beautiful. I love that he said that. Isabel makes his suits. He's so lucky. And let me tell you, if Fred Astaire and Clark Gable were around, they'd be running up to Isabel for custom order Isabel Toledo suits. Very true. They're full of optimism, joy, and possess an art de vivre. You know, Andre was not a man of few words. Because <laughs> he said a lot more than this, as you, if you remember. <laughs> They're full of optimism, joy, and possess an art de vivre that is as monumental as a Rothschild couple. 
as hilarious as Ricky and Lucy Ricardo. <laughs> Work matters, and despite all this elegance, Isabel, who is a perfectionist, who vets every seam of every dress, some hand-painted by her husband, she's a purist, she's a designer's designer, but she makes clothes women really want to wear. That's beautifully said. I love that. What a compliment. What a real compliment. And from someone like Andre. Yeah. He, he knows he's, what he's talking about. He's seen about. everything. He's he seen everything. He knows what he's talking mm -hmm. about. But that's what I, we loved about Andre. He was so majestic and so much authority mm -hmm. because he really knew this, like the back oh, of his hand, yes. and he loved it. Yes. And that's very mm -hmm. rare because mm -hmm. many people who know and study a field at one point become jaded or, or disappointed or... They lose patience. I don't know what it is, but with Andre, with the love affair kept going and going and going right to the last day with mm -hmm. with his art, with his mm -hmm. with fashion and with society. Mm -hmm. He understood it took all those different parts to make what couture is or what fashion really is. It's a culture. It's an art, and it's a and it's a way of being. And he what role do you that. think he played in that world? He was an enjoyer of it, and he was a documenter of it, and mm -hmm. he was a, a custodian of its history and. A connoisseur, because again, it takes someone who knows all that to really appreciate it at its height. If not, it's just a beautiful dress. That's not enough for Andre. Mm -hmm. It had to be more than that, and mm -hmm. it is more than that, and mm -hmm. he understood that. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that he trained with Mrs. Vreeland and so did Isabel, that oh, both yes. came out of the Met, mm -hmm. had a lot to do with why they, they, they had an affinity. Mm -hmm. They had an affinity about that, and then they understood that elegance was a way of being that went beyond the clothes, but it should reflect in your clothes, but it was way beyond that. That was just, yeah. they, they answered to a higher calling. Mm, I love that. Your connection to Isabel was evident to anyone who spent time with the two of you. Uh, tell me about your profound love story. Well, how can I put it into words, right? I mean, the, the fact that I met her at such a young age, and to me, I'm pure instinct, even as an artist and as a person, I'm pure instinct. I, mm -hmm. I, unfortunately, my gut never, never, lies you know i just know when something's right or not and and when i first met isabel it was like love at first sight mm -hmm. uh, we did absolutely everything together and uh, even the fact that we decided not to have children for that reason we were very greedy about each other mm -hmm. we wanted to spend 24 hours a day mm -hmm. of 10 days a week mm -hmm. <laughs> together and mm -hmm. never separate and um, I, know, I understand that's not for everyone i was telling mm -hmm. your students that mm -hmm. the other day mm -hmm. not everybody wants that but it's a joy when one finds it, you know? It, it's it, Love really is like this, uh, this incredible energy. And it is like two magnifying glasses when, the, when they find each other, but two magnifying mirrors. When they find each other, they really do magnify each other. That, that idea that beauty is in the eye of the beholder is true. You make each other's, because you have this loving eye towards each other, it makes you grow bigger yes. and bolder and, mm -hmm. and into the specimen you could never have thought you could be. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really a beautiful feeling. So extraordinary. It's, it's such a comforting and delicious feeling. You don't want to leave that world, you know? And that's mm -hmm. why we kept our life very uncomplicated. We never had cell phones. We, we kept it very simple so that our life would be devoted to creating together, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And art is a powerful thing. When you're involved with someone and you create something together, it's like this deep love. You can That's why people who work together sometimes fall in love. But like I know many actors, friends, mm -hmm. who have worked together. Mm -hmm. They fell in love during the making of the movie. And when it was over, it was over. Mm -hmm. Because there's something about creating something together that really is profound. It's, it's, it's as profound as love is and it, it magnifies everything too. So we had that, that blessing for 45 or 50 years. It never ended. 
But unfortunately, yes, all love affairs do eventually end in tragedy because one of you will go before the other, one of you will leave before the other. So all love affairs end in a tragedy. And I didn't, I didn't think about that till it happened to me. I really didn't. I thought we would be together forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. think about that. But every single beautiful love affair ends in tragedy. So we all share that. And it's part mm-hmm. of living. It it's part of living. If you dare to, to love that deeply, you're going you're gonna to have that moment. One of you will have that moment, sadly. Yeah. And even the person who goes, I imagine, has to know that they're leaving. They're leaving you and your... Jeez, I don't want to cry again. But yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a really strong emotion, but we all have to live through it. It's part of life, right? It's yeah. part of living, and it's, a, it's, it's something we have to honor. And it really makes you think how important love is and how important moments of connection are. Mm-hmm. It's everything. So if not everything else is set decoration, mm-hmm. if you don't have that, that's what it's all for, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, yeah. a, that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. You gave that importance of that connection and relationship to the students. Um, you know, some of them were like, so um, profoundly affected by, you know, just what you've shared with them so generously and your life, you know, your life with Isabel. Well, I wish she was here. To, she was here to share it with them because yeah. they would love. They would love to have met her, and she oh. was so good with the students. Oh, so elegant! So, Such an elegant person, and yet so warm too. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. We always had a joke that I would do all the talking because she was very shy. Mm-hmm. She just liked to put in her nuggets of truth, and they were really <laughs> profound. I would do all the talking, but people would be looking at her, and then they would think <laughs> that thing you said about, it, and she would laugh to me and later say, "I didn't say a word." <laughs> you did all the talking. I was just, but people just looked at her and thought it was coming from her. She had that kind of aura, mm-hmm. that kind of special authority, and mm-hmm. I recognized that. Mm-hmm. That's a gift. Yeah, she didn't yeah. have to do anything. She had to say anything. She had it. You know? She was communicating. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. Her third eye. Yeah, third. In an email to me, Andre called you the Cuban Cary Grant. (laughs) (laughs) Cary Grant should be so lucky. (laughs) Um, Thank you for being here with me today, Ruben. This has been amazing. Thank you, my honor. And thank you for inviting us and hosting us. Thank you for honoring my Isabel's talent, her, uh, her, her beautiful essence and celebrating that. I love that SCAD recognizes that that is a big part of communicating and a big part of design and of art and in fashion mm-hmm. is that that essence that essence that we don't we can't put a name on it but mm-hmm. you you scad you Paula, <laughs> recognize that and mm-hmm. you honor that and that's yes. a big that's a big plus that mm-hmm. your students know that that exists yes very important yes thank you thank you I hope you enjoyed hearing from Ruben Toledo. You can follow Ruben on Instagram at ToledoX2. I also want to take this opportunity to tell you about a series we recently launched on YouTube called SCAD Class. It is an incredible program featuring SCAD's preeminent art history faculty telling us about the artworks they value most. It is really entertaining, really engaging, and I guarantee you'll learn a lot. So head on over to YouTube whenever you have a chance, type in SCAD class, and learn something new about some of art history's most defining works. Thank you for tuning in to SCADcast and on creativity. Executive produced and hosted by SCAD president and founder Paula Wallace, with original music by SCAD alumnus George Lovett. We'll see you next week.